Three, two, one. Here we go. Welcome to the Hive. Got Phil Caracappa here. This is Brian Wright. Phil, defended your belt successfully. Yes, sir. At Ray Combat. What was the date on that? The date was June 8th, 2018. And that led to some news. What, what did they come to the table with? They came to the table with a UFC vet, Louis Godnett. How the hell do you say his last name? Godnot, Godnit, what is it? Godnit? I don't know. Godnot. I don't Godnet? know. That sounds Jersey Shore to me. Hey, yo, Godnit. God knows I'm going to win that fight. <laughs> so, you finally are getting a talent that's got some real experience. Somebody that's been there. I don't remember what his UFC record is, but I know he has a bunch of fights there. He came out of Ray in Combat also. Choked he's actually John his his uh, pro debut in MMA was at Ray in Combat against a, a guy who used to fight for me named Chris Aquino. So I'm very happy for this fight because I shit you not, Louis Godnot got on top of Chris in front of me in a cage, and he spit at me, gave me the finger, and told me to go fuck myself in the middle of a fight. In the middle of a fight. All right, so it's personal now. Uh, you know what? It's a long time ago. That was... Shit, it's probably 10 years at this point. I would be very happy to get a put a loss on his record. Hell yeah. I don't need to punch him in the face myself. You can do that. I'm cool. But, yeah, I don't have a lot of respect for him personally or professionally. So I'm more than happy to see him face somebody like yourself. Because I, I, I think... A lot of these guys that come out of the big shows, when they come back to the regional circuit, they feel you know like it's a step down. Oh, of course. But he doesn't understand that he's just a stepping stone for you to get where you want to go. Exactly. He's not getting back into the UFC. He's just going to take a beating on this fight. I usually will have more respect, but I don't have to on this one. So. I'm all for it. Yeah, I I, I watched I watched his fights. I, I caught up on some fight footage because uh, he's not somebody I really followed, but I went on his stuff and I feel very comfortable with this matchup. Yeah, I mean. I think I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna overpower him, and not only that, I think I'm, I'm better in every aspect. Coming up from 125 to 135, that means he either got bigger or he got lazy on the weight cut. It's one or the other. That's just as we age, we get a little bit heavier. Maybe right. he just got sick of cutting. I know the Tiger Shulman guys like to cut a lot of weight. I think he's a little confident. He's short as shit though. That is a, that is a small person. I think he's five three. How tall are you? Five eight. Yeah, I mean. I'll have an eight inch reach too. I got like a 71, 71 inch reach. And he's the kind of guy that covers up and likes to get in the pocket. Right. But it's kind of hard to get past that reach and get in the pocket right, on exactly, that. exactly, yeah. You keep this kid on the end of the punches, it's going to be a rough day for him. I honestly don't even care if he hears the playbook because Carl gets mad at me sometimes. He's like, why do you got to always talk about the playbook? And I'm like, honestly, when you do the playbook right, it doesn't matter if doesn't they know matter. it. They can't, can't defeat it. it. When you're short like him and got the skill set he has, I think it's uh, – Pretty straightforward game plan. What we want to do? I'm gonna kick him. I'm gonna jab him. Yeah. Throw a couple crosses, hooks. He used to have a good spin. I don't see him having the same spin he used to. His first couple fights, he had a pretty dangerous spin, but became a little bit more of a boxer. I don't know. I, I can't call him a, a wrestler. He just he hops on that guillotine, but he needs a fucking step yeah. stool to get your neck. <laughs> <laughs> he's a, so. He needs a ladder. Yeah. So let's go back to your last fight a little bit. What the hell was the name of that guy again? Uh, Restrepo? Oh, Miguel Restrepo. So you fought Miguel Restrepo. They flew him in from Miami. Miami. And it was funny. He actually was training at the gym that that guy, uh, Cesar Mutante, Carl just fought, came out of. So I was happy for you to beat this oh, guy. Oh, nice. A little but, revenge. 
I remember I, I, I from you won the fight. You got a three round unanimous decision. It was a it was a different kind of fight for you. The pace was different. Oh yeah, totally. And what I remember from the fight was that the first round I felt like we got to say too the guy was in his mid thirties. So sometimes with those guys you got to watch their cardio. Sometimes it doesn't matter. Some people are freaks, and then right. there's some guys their cardio as they get older will drop. So you see him be a little bit more patient. And I thought he was being patient and playing possum. I really, I'm sitting there going, oh, shit, I hope Phil doesn't get aggressive because this guy's right. going to let the counter. Which I always do, every fight. Yeah, but you were patient. Right, and right, you didn't, right. And you didn't, you pressed him to do what you had to do, but you didn't take, you didn't give him the big opening. I and totally I, outpointed him the entire round. And I, But I think that fucked up his head where right. you didn't get crazy aggressive and give him the opportunity. Right. So it may not have been the most exciting round. Right. But it was you. You played well, it I showed smart. a new level of uh, of patience. Yeah, 100%. maturity. That so that's experience. Right. right. You start off, you know, in the beginning, uh, you know, your career was all balls. Yeah, it's balls. like a video game. Yeah, and then Can't control it. And then you've gotten more control, and you've gotten more mature with it. And you set a different tone, and you fought to win. First, second round were very similar. Right. And then and he was running. He was really running. He was really running, around, like and, actually running circles. And then it was okay. How am I going to catch a guy who really just doesn't want to engage? Right. I think he didn't want to engage too because you did crack him a few times. You're his leg. You beat the hell out of yeah. his leg for he was sure. Limping around the entire time afterwards. And your hands were coming heavy, and I, I, I think he ran into the mental block of I don't know what to do to mm-hmm. get in, and he was waiting for you to get aggressive. Right. Third Which round. I did the third round. I came out the third because well, I just watched the fight. And then third round, you tried to wrestle him. But I dropped him in the third round. Yes. And then and then I wrestled him the rest of the round. Instead of letting him, letting him back up, right. you were went to maybe I'll hold him down and exactly. beat him up on the ground. Be instead of letting him, Yeah, and then he caught you with that up kick, and yeah, then everything yeah. changed for a second. Right. So, but again, learning experience is what it is. Right. You know, you learn how to... Yeah, really good pace on the first two rounds. Picked him apart. Uh, kind of got outside of your game plan. The third a little bit got oh, caught, yeah. but then you recovered and you were fine. It's good, but it, it got when your leg got wrapped up. I know. How bad was that wrap up? There was. I literally was like, I guess for the next two minutes, I'm I'm stuck here because <laughs> it was twisted like a pretzel. I don't know how your knee didn't pop, but that's also like the third time I've that seen you seen in, that, in the yeah. worst possible. I'm like, <laughs> like the back of his foot's. Like How is the back my leg his head. still? What the know. fuck is going on here? I have no idea. I'm you, lucky. That's literally the second, second or third time it's happened in a fight that my leg's been twisted up. And but that was the first time you didn't do it intentionally. I've right, seen you yeah. literally like your leg wrapped up and you're just fuck it and you my drive head. forward and you don't care. Yeah. But this one, he caught you good on that and he didn't know what to do with it either. Nah. You both were like, "How did this happen?" Yeah, and he didn't know what to do. You a didn't couple punches, do. but I mean, it was just a weird position. Yeah, but. It was a win. You know, a win's a win. You got to defend your belt. And how did it feel defending your belt? Because I know a lot of guys, winning the belt is one thing. Mm-hmm. Defending the belt comes with a different pressure because you now are the champ. And I know mentally, just on a personal level, you get into that position of, am I the champ? Is it real? Mm-hmm. Is this really mine? Uh, and it's, a, it's, it's like your second album as a right. rock band. You know, are right. we really famous? Are we really good at this? Or is it like a one-hit wonder? Yeah. Uh... It was until I realized I wasn't getting another belt for it. <laughs> so I was, so the whole title fight kind of went out the window, and I was just like, it's another fight. I mean, realistically, that's what happened. Yeah, normally when you fight and you win, they give you a belt each time. Right. This particular fight, 
you just got actually to defend that. And then I got to take it away when you, I walk backstage. Yeah, so. Eh, it's what it is. Yeah, it is what it is. It is what it is. Everybody's different, so. But this one, next one will be uh, another defense, so. I'm yeah, excited. so him coming up to 35, how does it feel to have somebody calling you out, too? I love it. I mean, that's the point, I guess, being the champ. You have a target on your back, so I'm all for it. I knew I, I knew it was going to happen eventually, and, you know, I'm excited that's a big name, someone that people can, you know, type in on Google and be like, oh, shit, this guy's the real deal, because I know I have a lot of people saying, you know, I pick fights. How is this kid 6 No, Is he this good? Well, now I have a chance to really, you know, shut everyone's mouths. Yeah. So you got somebody challenged you, challenge accepted. Let's see what happens. I'm excited. Yeah, it's a, it, it, it's. And it's you know a, me. It's a good. The higher stitch. the challenge, the more I you know rise to the occasion. And, and so. I think that was the challenge of the last fight. The other guy didn't really press you as much, which. Well, the thing with the last fight was I, I mean I kind of I figured he wasn't at my level, so I was almost scared to lose. So I yeah. didn't want to. I don't know. It was weird. But the, Absolutely. the higher the, I just feel like he wasn't that high challenge, so I didn't get to really. When you fight a guy that everybody says you're supposed to crush, exactly. it's, it's hard weird. to take a risk sometimes. It's weird, yeah. Because when you take a risk, there's either a reward or there's severe punishments, right. and you don't want it to be like, shit, I went for it right. and I lost, whatever. And yeah, this is the most unforgiving, uh, unforgiving sport. So. Yeah, I, we've talked about this a bunch so. of times. The one thing, though, this is life. This is not just this sport. This is fucking life. Mm-hmm. When you win, people are going to hate. Right. When you lose, people are going to hate. The reality of it is, people that don't do right. always hate, no matter what. Right. The guys in the arena, there's a different respect. They like you that night. They love you that night. Yeah. Or, or they don't. Yeah. Yo. Either way, as long as... So Steven Regman just fought for Shogun Fights, won the middleweight belt. It was supposed to be a 170-pound belt, but we had a little bit of a weight issue, so they actually let him fight for the middleweight. When he was walking out... They were dropping the N-word from the crowd on him. Oh, wow. It was weird. And then it's when weird. he won, there was a lot of weird shit being thrown at him. People got ignorant real really? fast. It was, it was it was weird. We all we were kind of nervous in the lobby afterwards. And it wasn't that we were nervous that people were going to talk shit. We were nervous that Carl was going to kill somebody because they were talking <laughs> shit. <laughs> well, you mix alcohol with, with testosterone in a fight. Yeah, and there's like... A little bit of southern thing going on, oh, so okay. it got a little weird. Because down in D.C., weird. you're on that, that north-south border. border. Yeah, so, yeah, there was definitely a little bit of a... He got the win. A vibe, but he got the win, yeah. Walk-off, right? Walk-off knockout in the third round. But fans are, fans are a weird thing. MMA fans can get ignorant really fast. Right. I mean, Corey Anderson, my God, if oh, you yeah. follow his feed... It just it gets hate, brutal. right? There's a lot of hate. Man, they go after his wife. They go after him. I mean, I find that in MMA, if if you're somebody that wrestles a lot, you're never gonna have friends. No matter, you can knock everybody out. The oh, fucking wrestler yeah, just totally. likes to lay on people. Right. But he knocked everyone out. Yeah, but he laid They're on him for sad, that thirty yeah. seconds. He right. hit that takedown. Okay. <laughs> it is wrestling part of the rules, the whole fight. right? All right. Isn't wrestling allowed in MMA? I think so. It's the most dominant part of it. And isn't wrestling really fucking hard to do? Definitely. Isn't jiu-jitsu an extremely high-level technical aspect of the game? People don't get that, though. Yeah, put your beer down, educate yourself, (laughs) and stop hating on guys with skills. But everybody wants to see the knockout. And I think you're one of those guys that likes to... You want to deliver the knockout, too. Yeah, I want to deliver entertainment. Yeah, you only go to wrestling when 
there's like weird spots where you start wrestling when you feel tired, which right. is crazy. Exactly. Wrestling That's is the most exhausting thing in the world to do, and you go, it's your go-to when you're tired. Yeah. Right? It's weird. But you're so right. Because you're comfortable. Yeah, that's where I'm comfortable. Yeah. But it is what it is. So AC is becoming the the home of the Caracappa, you know, war wagon here. Yeah. Your totally. brother's fighting this weekend. Yep. So this is his third fight in AC. Well, second fight in AC. He's fighting at? 45. Dead not, serious? Dead serious. And it's a showboat? Showboat for the belt. This is a belt, too? Yeah, it's a belt fight. It's first belt, so we just four and up. We might have three belts in three weeks. Yeah, we will have three belts. Three wow! Weeks. So that's a showboat in Atlantic City, and that's an amateur. Amateur. How does it? F- so, well, you start fighting. How long before your brother got involved? Uh, so I made my amateur debut in December 2015. So, when did your brother start fighting? Like, uh, probably less than a year ago. Okay. How old your brother? 22 he'll be 23 how old are you now 26 okay similar trajectory then yeah oh yeah he start same time so i 21 and you have a you have a young you have an even younger brother you think he's gonna fight 100 percent. so you guys are just a fighting character he just he just wrestled took third in states in ac so you guys all and your 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 other brother's a wrestler too yeah big big time so you guys are all wrestlers all wrestlers yeah you guys are all wrestlers yeah they both wrestle in college how wrestling translates into that but it's I just I think the training part is, is the it gives you that mental edge to like transition into the sport and it's just and it's such a big the weight cutting too everything yeah, it, the it's culture just, of wrestling is very similar to culture MMA technically it transitions really well yeah it is what it is because you can do I mean, if you could take a punch and you're a good, good wrestler I mean there's a chance you could definitely transition and be, be something in the sport you see Johnny Hendricks retired yesterday Thank God. I know. I was shocked he's only 34. That's how old he is? 34. Wow. I look at him, I'm like, what is he like, 43, 44? 40, definitely. Holy shit. I'm 10 years older than that guy. He makes me feel much better about myself. He's only 34. 34 years old. That's how you eat yourself uh, into trouble. Yeah. That guy just couldn't put the fucking fork down, and look what he did to himself. He should have been retired a few fights ago. Yeah, I mean. Right before the Stephen, I was about to say Regman. Thompson fight. I'm not sure with him if it... A lot of people say steroids. If you look at when USADA came in, his career went downhill. It adds up. I don't know if that's the case or not. Where did his knockout... uh, Yeah, where did it all go? It literally disappeared overnight. Overnight. I don't know if steroids are going to really give you the power, though. I think they give you the confidence Confidence, and the cardio. I was going to say, maybe. And I think that game is been elevating at a very rapid pace and he is a bit of the old guard he isn't right. a new guy he's been around but you look at all those guys from that time like Robbie Lawler's not the same guy he was but they're older too right but this is only we're talking three years ago in a matter of three years I feel like they I don't think but okay Robbie Lawler is a bad one because Robbie Lawler was a killer that he back, wasn't a right? killer yeah, yeah, yeah. and then he came back a killer again his last sure. couple fights have been when he won the belt man right oh yeah he was a monster but he did that recently. Right. But I'm saying, like, from the Dos Anjos fight. Yeah, but he's a killer-be-killed kind of guy, though. That happens with him. Right. That happened to him when he was younger. True. He would either knock somebody out or get knocked out. Yeah. There was no in-between on him. He's just kind of that guy. But, man, he just has no quit. No, no, no I love the. When he fought uh, Rory McDonald, what, what Rory did to his face, that was just with yeah, his was, lip. Yeah, it was like Oh, my God. What do you think of that, Rory uh, Musasi? 
I think Musasi destroys him because he's so much bigger than him. No way. Musasi is Musasi is a very underrated guy. No, no, I know totally. And I think and he is huge. You're right. He was I, beating up what's his name Weidman, wasn't he? Yeah. And Weidman's like huge. Weidman's ginormous. But I, I I think Rory is a great fighter. I think in Bellator he can't get fights because his weight class is so thin. Yeah. So he'll do what he has to do. I mean, he was going to try. There's no quitting him, though. He wanted to be the, the alternate in the heavyweight Grand Prix. I'm like, you're crazy, son. But whatever. I get, He just wants to get paid. Yeah, if you go to Bellator, I feel like you need to get paid. Of I don't course. feel like it matters what you do out there except get right. paid. Yeah, he can lose his next three fights and he'll still wouldn't do nothing. I don't think the belt matters there. No. If you're a young guy in Bellator and you're winning your fights and the UFC gave you like the okay to go right. there and get experience... I'm cool with it. If you're on the retirement tour, like, you can't tell me Machida went there for any other reason than A, no USADA, and B. No USADA, exactly. And, and B, he's going to get paid good money to fight lesser guys. Right. The Vidor fight for him was a gift. That was a gift because Vidor Belfort, I mean, he's, he's, he's been done. done for a while. Yeah, totally. And that was just, that was a gimme for Machida. Machida's 40 years old now. Yeah, I know. He's, he's not the same person, he, fighter he was. No, his build now. I know. Got a soft frame. Looks now. like an old man now compared. It, yeah. Pre USADA guys, post USADA guys. Pre USADA guys different. are all in Bellator. Yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, Indian resin, Indian reservation testing is very different. <laughs> so, I don't know. I let everybody find their home. I think everybody should find their home and make their money. I'm not shitting on anybody that goes to do it. I just think you have to be a real, real about what it is. Ricky Bendejas from Nicotones just mm-hmm. signed with Bellator, and I think right. it was a great move for him. He's fighting, what the hell's the name of that guy? James, uh, James Gallagher. Gallagher. Or is it Jamie? Yeah, big, is it Jamie or James? Nah, James. James Gallagher. I think that's a great fight for him. Yeah, it's a huge Exposure-wise. Huge everything, yeah. I think it's more of a name than it is anything. I don't think the guy's as good as the exposure he gets because, again, I think Bellator's a little thin. So that he's got, It seems like he's got a decent ground game, but I... Uh, Ricky, don't have I think no, Ricky will kill I think him on his speed. stand-up is terrible. I think Ricky kills him on transitions. Ricky's wrestling's his best weapon. Then he's I got think. a lot more experience when you really put it on yeah. paper. I mean, just because yeah, Connor's your friend nine. doesn't mean you're right. You know, savage. Just because you dress the same and talk like him. Yeah, yeah. And if you look at Connor's gym, how many good guys have come out of there besides exactly. Connor? Yeah. A lot of those guys got gift contracts because Connor's their boy. Yeah, like what's his name? Uh, what's that? Thing? Artem. Yeah, and then that. Cal Pendred kid, he that guy. Oh, yeah, 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 you're I mean, right. He was. I forgot about him. Yeah, I mean, he sucked. And then they, they had the girl too. They had that one woman, that big, soft, redheaded girl, went like zero and three in the I UFC. Yeah, yeah. They not hating on him. It's just, just because somebody good comes out of a gym doesn't right. mean everybody else is going to be good. I find actually, well, we'll really, the we'll find out that night. You know how how real deal he is. But I find that gyms that have a superstar. It's not, it's not the gym. It's the guy, and in a lot of cases, when you have a superstar that's making a lot of money, the gym tends to focus on them. So it's right. really hard to produce better talent true, true. unless you have a huge training staff, or you're his like main training partner. But even that, think about it. If you were John Jones's training partner every day, you think you'd be good? Oh no, you might get you'd be beat to shit every day. Right, yeah, you're right. You got a training, you get the training mentality. True. I see it a lot. You get guys get sparring partner mentalities, and you got to shift away from that. There's some guys that will. Always be that room warrior mm-hmm. that help everyone else get better, and it's sad because they're not really going to make any money. They're just going to say that they knew some famous guys once. Right, right. But you got to watch. If you take beatings in the room too much, you don't have anything left for the yeah. for the cage. 
No, totally. That's you know you you even know from where you've been around. You see it. There's like when you go on the mat to spar, you got two guys that are the killers in the room, right. and the rest of them are there, their support crew. Right. No, totally. You know? And they're they're guys is like they're good. They help you out, right. but. They take too many shots. They're not. Yeah. Gonna, they're not going to be fresh enough they're to just do the it. Body, yeah. Yeah. The body. But it's the nature of the beast. You have to have both sides of it. So, but a guy like Connor, I, I think he gives, even like a John Jones or Connor, guys of that caliber, when they're at the height of their career, people that are around them, they feed off the hype. Right. And they start to think they're better than they are. Uh huh. And if they don't have really good leadership to kind of put them in their place, they might get fuller heads of themselves, and they will push to move too fast, right. and they sabotage themselves that way. You got to stay humble in this business and grow at the right pace. Yeah. I mean, you're how, what's your record now? Six and zero. You're six and zero, and you're chomping at the bit. You want your shot. Right. But there are guys out there that are twelve and zero, thirteen and zero. But they 40. they don't have they're not me though. And they say that you're not them. But I'm telling you. I, I just need the I'm platform. Not, I'm not disagreeing with you, but I'm just saying that there's a lot of guys out there saying with the records right, yeah, that, that feel a certain more, way, right, and that can work for them or against them depending upon the situation. Right. I mean, that's that's the hardest part of navigating these professional MMA careers because mm-hmm. there's no there's no MMA math. Yeah. There's no blueprint. I had we thought there was. We thought there was. There was for a moment, but right. the Things landscape change. over the. Since WME came in and bought UFC, yeah, it's changed. The matchmaking situations changed. Right. The regional circuit changed. You know, Alliance MMA bought up all those shows. Mm-hmm. The matchmakers for the UFC were heavily involved in LFA. I mean, it's it's going to be hard for them to disassociate themselves and be completely. Uh, I, I I'm looking. I'm, I'm missing the right word. Uh, lack of sleep. I've got baby brain. The newborn has got me <laughs> sleeping two hours a night, so I can't remember certain things. But you know, think about it. it, it you're, you're always going to be nicer to the people you know. You can't help right. it. Yeah, you yeah, can't yeah. help it. So you have guys and the powers that be that know some people better than others, and it, it makes it more difficult to get in. Before you could have a certain record on certain shows, right. and you would get the it's call. All politics, associations. It's like 60%, 60% would, of it. But I, I would say like. it's more associations than politics at this point. Politics well, is more like do. if you fight on this show, I'm not going to look at you. If you fight on that show, I'm going to give you a shot. You don't see that as much anymore. Right. It really comes down to more, okay, I'm looking at you because you know this guy who I know really well and I trust. Right. Or the right time and place, I feel like, too. Yeah. I mean, if it happens you fight happens. on Dana White's looking for a fight, and he's in the crowd, and he's not texting on his phone, right? And he actually yeah. pays attention to you, and you do something spectacular, and you know the moon and the stars and the wind right. are all lined up right. He might say, you know what, I wasn't here for him, but let me give him a shot. Exactly. You know that's how Kenny Florian got into the UFC. Was he on the Ultimate Fighter? But he was fighting in a regional show in Boston. It was Dana White or somebody from the UFC was in the crowd. Isn't he from Boston? Yeah, Dana. Originally, yes. Right. Uh, long story on that I'm not getting into. I'm getting in trouble for telling the stories. But uh, he had to leave town. But he, I, it was him or somebody from the UFC was in the crowd. This is a long time ago. Looking at fights. And Kenny Florian was fighting. I think he was fighting at heavyweight or middleweight. Something, some crazy high weight. He was right. walking around at like 160. Fought somebody like 40 pounds heavier than him. And he submitted the guy. They were there to see another fight. But they saw Kenny's fight, and they were like, hey, you really put on a show. 
and we're doing this new TV show. You want to come in? And they oh, put him wow. on The Ultimate Fighter. They were there to pick up somebody else. Uh-huh. And I think that guy lost, and Kenny just stuck out, right, right, and they right. gave him the shot. So, again, there's no math to this. Yeah. There are guys like, that just get in. he ended up in the sport. Carl went on the Contender Series. I do not believe they were really looking, looking. to sign him because he had so few fights. Right. But he just did something you couldn't and you know, ignore. You could, they might have put him in there for the other guy because, look, yeah. that guy had got another shot, and he, he won, and now he's in. The, yeah. And I, he was the LFA champ. Oh, yeah, or that's lined what it was. up to right. fight for the no, LFA. he was. Yeah, and that's, how he he got, and that's how he got yeah, yeah, yeah. his shot. So and I can't remember who walked out first. I think we walked out Carl first. Carl knocked him out in 19 seconds. Well, that's what it was? Yeah, and he went was it really 19 seconds? Yeah. That was what my... Uh, my amateur belt knockout was 19 seconds, first round. You know the guy that Carl fought just won by guillotine in 26 seconds. So he got a super fast finish wow. in the Wait, return. Who, uh, uh, Ryan Spann. Oh, that guy. Yeah, Ryan yeah. Spann right, just right, got right. a 26-second finish. Wow. So he returned the favor to someone super else. Fa- yeah, returned the favor to someone else and got his contract. Good for him. Yeah, that's Good awesome. Good for him. I have yeah. a big announcement. What's your big announcement? I'm having a child. Are you really? No, I'm only kidding. Good job. But I do have another announcement. Uh, I'm going to edit that so like the <laughs> I'm only kidding part doesn't come, and I'm going to send this to your mother. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> have a heart attack. Uh, I don't like fighting. I know you don't like fighting. Who does? I don't like... Th- my brother likes fighting. Because he's an amateur. He doesn't get punched uh, yeah, in the face on the ground yet. Maybe you're right. Seriously. When you're an amateur, did you hate it when you were an amateur? No, yeah, you're, I guess you're right. No, I was like obsessed with getting, being able to. Because you want to be a pro. And you're right. You don't get. There's, I guess, there's a lot more limits with. You're not getting kicked in the face. True. Yeah. You're not getting kneed in the face. You're not getting elbowed in the head. You're not getting punched in the five face on the rounds. ground. You're not doing five minute rounds. It's different. I guess yeah, I didn't really look at it that way. And but am- no, those. An yeah. amateur, you have dreams. As an True. amateur, all you have is dreams. Right. And then you go pro, and now all of a sudden, there's the potential. And there's money, right. and there's this regional bullshit fame, and yeah. there's like you're promoters licking your Jersey ass, Shore. telling you, yeah. "Yeah, you're world famous in Freehold right now." You know, nah, listen, it's more than you Freehold. Know, I know. Yeah, there's like Freehold. I was, in, and I was in Old Bridge last night. Yeah, and you ran check. into somebody from fucking no, 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 Freehold. No, no, no. Listen, listen. I'm in Old Bridge last night at Quick Check at like 11:30, walking out of uh, Quick Check. Kid opens the door. Phil, Phil. I'm like, "What's up?" He goes, "You don't know me, but I follow you on Instagram, man. <laughs> you're awesome." That happened. Right okay, that happened to me at Baja Fresh uh-huh. because some fucking guy came up to me. He goes, "Hey, are you Brian Wright?" I'm like, "Yeah." He goes, "I follow you on Instagram. You have the cutest kid ever. I follow you guys all the time." So fuck you. I'm famous. Uh, same too. thing. You're right. Yeah, and it wasn't for fighting. It was because I have a cute kid. So that's better. I'm famous for making beautiful children. I'm famous for being Phil. Phil Caracappa, <laughs> legend. But it's like you know. No, but I'm saying when you're an amateur. It's nothing but yeah. dreams. Nobody's no, paying right. you shit. You're training. Yeah. You're getting up. You know. You're now. It's your like your life. Your my protein. life depends on that yes. night. So it's the just stress the, the is roller, so different. Yeah, the and roller coaster of emotions that night is. What happens when you lose an amateur? Nothing. What happens when you lose in pro? The clock, I don't want to know. The clock gets know. restarted. Yeah, I you're know. fucking four fights out from someone yeah. looking at you again every time. Yeah. That so that sucks. day of the fight, it's literally me sleeping all day because I'm just like nervous and shit or I'll sit in the shower for like an hour contemplating all my thoughts and stuff it's, it's a crazy day that's why and then you see me backstage the night of the fight you're, like, you're the worst you're just the worst. like laying there you, but you're the, the worst you're the, you, are the, you are just one big ball of doubt 
But the thing is... But once we start hitting mitts... Yeah, everybody's that way. But that's... Yeah, flex. He just flexed. <laughs> that's what he does. He flexes. But that's everybody that fights. I don't really know too many people that actually... Well, no. I'm going to rephrase that. Most of the people that fight actually like the act of fighting. Yeah, like I love... Everything else sucks. In the cage, great. I love it. I Outside love it. Outside of the cage, sucks. So I guess I... I I'll say it first. I hate training. Of course you do. I hate doing all that shit. Of course you do. I love walking into the cage in front of 3,000 people and getting to... Like, don't get me wrong. When it comes down to it, I love, like, a fight. I love being... Like, that's... But getting ready for it, you don't like. I hate all that shit. And I hate hate the day of the fight. But once you step me in the cage, lock the door... I, there's nothing the minute else you in the get world to the hotel, it turns into hurry up and wait. Yeah, I, the day but Thursday for the weigh-ins, I love that whole day, everything. And because then, you're busy. Because I'm busy and, I'm, and I'm enjoying it all. And then you're left alone, and it's just you and your thoughts and, and every like, doubt you if ever I had. Lose this fight. And you don't love training, yeah. so then you get mad at yourself for not loving training. Right. And then you think about all the training you didn't do, not the shit you did. Right. And then it gets weird. But then you hit pads and you go, oh, I'm okay. And then you go out, and the crowd's there, and you get pumped up. And I love it. And then the minute so the that's guy, what I like so much about And the about minute the, the guy hits you, the minute the guy hits you, you go, oh, he's human. It's not like I got hit with a baseball I bat. I'm balls. good. I love it. Yeah. yeah. the one It's crazy. First contact is the one where everybody... Do you ever notice with fights, a lot of times, you'll watch a fight, the first couple minutes, nobody does anything, and, and then the minute somebody hits somebody... The whole fight changes. Because both guys are like, oh... Uh-huh. It's just like the gym. Right. No, it's actually easier because now you have adrenaline. You don't feel shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. It's cr- no one gets that, you know? I wish someone would, like, sit down and actually... I'm sure someone has fucking gone through it a million times. And the fans don't... Un- people that have never done it don't understand. Mm-hmm. Every single person that's done it gets right. it. I mean, I... And here's another thing, if anyone's listening. The way I fight is the way I fight, so... If you're not Brian Wright or Dante Rivera, I do not want to hear your opinion on <laughs> me throwing my hands up. That's how I fight. You know what I mean? And I just If he doesn't like, pick him up, he's going to get knocked the fuck out. No, I just, I mean, so remember when I put my hands down in the fight and I let him punch me in the stomach? Look, you fucking did that in the gym and we almost got into a brawl with a bunch of crazy Russians. So, like, that's what... That's just, look, that's not... Uh, I've accepted that as your reality and I want... Everybody's different. Dante has too, though. And one thing I realized with you is there's a certain place where you almost need to go into that place to get into the zone where you're going to now take it to another level Mm -hmm. because you're very nervous and tense. And then... That's when I get... You get the fuck you comes out of you. Right. And then you're like, come on, let's go. And then it's just like... And then you're in a real fight. Right. That's what I need to be in. The balance between reckless and winning is the place where you're still figuring shit out. Right. But, yeah, I mean, the only one I don't like, like when you do the flex bullshit, when you were on yeah. top of the guy and you That was just the because crowd. of the Brooklyn fans. Yeah, I know. I you, needed you're, to. You're crazy. And that was my second time fighting them. They talked so much shit the first yeah. time and the second time. But you know what? Every fight, they're always going to talk. Yeah, you're right. They're never going to stop. And it's if true. it's working for you, if your reaction to it's working for you, whatever. If it's going to take you down, that's on. Some people get caught up in it so much that they lose control. Right. Some people, it, uh, they listen way too much to the other voice in a negative yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. If it works for you, it works for you. Hey, man. Well, I've learned to really. What works works. Block out mostly every everything. But what works works. As, right. Yeah. And if anyone's, I mean, your record is what it is. Right. And until it's not. Right. I mean, still, who, I don't. Who, who can who can say what? Right. Exactly. You know, 
it's not like someone's coming to you saying, "Hey, Phil, if you if you don't stop doing what you're doing, you're not going to get to the next level." Right. You just got people that don't really understand coming to you saying what they think. Right. Yeah. And that doesn't really matter anyway. Yeah. They can probably fuck. count on both. Yeah, more than. Gives more a than two hands. How many people have to have something? To say? I just question the respect part for me. Like when you flex and hit that dude, understand whatever. I have a respect beyond the guy I'm fighting, or a disrespect for right. that. Well, like, I never posted the pictures or not. No, but. The sport right. aspect of it, I feel there's a greater responsibility, right. but that's me. Right. If you were really being disrespectful to the point where like I was uncomfortable, right. we wouldn't even be sitting here. Yeah. You're just pushing the limits. Right. I wouldn't you even put the show that. you're putting on a show put, it's, that's and you're pushing the limits and I know you're and you know I know you're not intentionally trying to be right. like fuck you. I mean like, it's an entertainment is sport. it not an entertainment business too? No, it is. It is. You but know, there's respect are, too. There's right, little kids course. watching too. It's not like I'm giving him the finger and stuff or spitting yeah, in your face. I mean, face. the guy that spit gave me the finger told me to go fuck myself. Right. That's, That's different. different. That's different. That's Showboating intent. a little bit. Yeah. yeah. And when you're clearly ahead and doing whatever, uh, I have empathy for the other guy too, though. Because I, I, I feel bad about the flex, all right? Yeah. He was a good dude. He is. He's a good dude. I'm cool with him. I, mean, I say was like you murdered him. He's still alive. He's actually okay. <laughs> he was a cool. He dude. was a good guy <laughs> up until you did that thing. You know, we won't talk nah, about it. But yeah, no. we'll keep that. Uh, no, nah, he's. Yeah, he's a good dude, and that's why it was kind of like, fuck, you guys were actually cool, and then you weren't cool. All right, but we're cool again. Yeah. He was—he actually was cool about that. He didn't yeah, even... No. He didn't... It's a fight. It's not like I yeah. planned that out. You know what I mean? Yeah. The fight got the best of you. Uh, it's a fight at the end of the day. Yeah. It's a fight. Yeah. You wouldn't do that shit on the street, though. Or maybe you would. <laughs> I don't know. You're the guy in the club tears his shirt off and starts, come on! Nah. Well, you did. Even in your last fight, afterwards, you you were in the club with your yeah. shirt off. You fucking had to live up. Had to live up the night. They paid off the bouncers. And and that was I. I told you afterwards. I said, enjoy yourself. No matter what anybody says, this career is not long. Yeah. And the and I mean, this is not a long life. Right. I don't give a fuck if you live a hundred years. It's not right. a long time in the grand scheme of eternity yeah. here. No, you have your opportunity to do your thing. My only my only advice to everybody is enjoy those moments. Don't get wrapped up in that lifestyle, because right. Enjoy it for a couple weeks and then. Who I was I can't remember who I was talking to the other day about this. We were talking about how the majority of the really of the top guys are all married with kids, mm-hmm. and how that security so means so, so much. But I'm not saying like because you're single you're a shitbag. But I'm just saying like. Well, you got to figure. So my entire, uh, all right. How about. Half of my amateur career and the entire extent of my professional career up until my last fight, I was in a relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, I was always, for the last two years of fighting, I've been in a relationship. Thought that was what... But since I've been single, it's... I'm not saying the single life is, like, what I need to be successful in the sport. But it's given me the opportunity to really, like, be selfish and... It's the right time. Yeah, everything worked out exactly how it was supposed to be. Everything happens. You know what? When you're on the right, at least for path, me, everything was really happened for a reason, and I've and everything's worked out like exactly. Well, how everything it's always to be. has a reason. Right. You just figuring out that it's working for you. Right. Well, not against me. Yeah. Yeah. Totally right. not working against me. The only advice, again, with that is like I'm not saying you know don't be single, whatever, but don't 
embrace the rock and roll lifestyle like it's going to last forever. Because yeah, you don't want to wake up at 40 going, what the fuck I do with my life? Right, of course. When your career's over and all you have is belts and some right. money and nothing else. You yeah. have no real friends. Because that's the one that's so sad. It's when you see the guy retire and the people he thought were his friends right. are no longer yeah. there. Because yeah. they just wanted to go to the events. Right. They weren't his friends. They, they just want to know the, the guy on TV. Yeah, yeah, of course. And that shit always comes. And that's why you need to have those people that are going to be with you no matter what happens. Yeah. When I don't want you to lose. But if you ever do, it's the people that are there. There's two of them. You have people that are really there for you. And then you have the people that are there holding you going, we knew this was going to happen. Right. Fuck them. Yeah. Fuck those oh, people. The ones that are there are like, you're going to be okay. You're going to get past this. Those right. are the real people in your life. Right. No, did, I know. Did you ever see the movie Whiplash? No. You should see that movie, man. Yeah. I recommend anybody to see it. It was an amazing movie. This, so it's a music thing. Right. But it was like this This kid's a drummer. Uh-huh. And he's in this like super high music school. And the teacher is like crazy. like Right. Crazy abusive. And he just tries to break everybody. Mm. Pushes people to like, like somebody commits suicide in the movie because the guy's so intense, oh, wow. whatever. But there's one scene. I'm going to give away a movie. You'll watch it, whatever. I don't care. I won't remember. At the end, he goes... He, he goes on stage and this guy sabotages him like fucks him hard like right. gives him the wrong sheet of music so it would be like if you showed up for your fight uh-huh. and they didn't bring your gloves and they told you the wrong order right. and you think you're third but you were really first and you actually missed and then you walk off going what the fuck just happened and oh, his dad okay. comes up and hugs him and then he says dad get off me and then he goes back out on stage and he grabs the, the drumsticks and he bangs out like the best solo oh, okay. ever in the history of drumming and the point of that was those people that are waiting for you to fail right. to hug you are the failures that are waiting for you to become one of them. So, and so he's I read saying, this. fuck you. Right, right. I'm not one of you. Uh-huh. I'm going back out there. Right. And I'm going to do what I know what I can do, and that's win. Right. And that's where every fighter needs to be. You cannot embrace that bullshit that... Well, that, there's You're the one quote, of us. too. You've got to be who you are. That not everyone that's riding with you is riding for you. Yes. And then I have to, I have to show you this other quote because uh, it go, ties right into what you just said. And I just want to see. Uh, but man, that's true, though. Don't ever get T-Mobile. This connection sucks. Well, you're also never in this box, to, like where we're doing it's this. It's not great. Reception's the worst. I have to go outside to get reception after time. So this was it. Um... Killing the dead air time here while yeah. Phil tries to work his way through his phone. So this right here, be I love quote. this quote. This is, be this good is a fucking you killed sick air quote. for like thirty seconds. All right, here. you ready for this? Yeah. I had friends and family that liked me more when I was broke because it didn't challenge their view of themselves. Absolutely, hundred percent. I just that, and I'm not. I'm I'm still broke. I'm just saying. But that's that humanity. Quote, but that's humanity. I just feel like that's everyone. That's that's what separates. The winners from everybody else. If like if I have whether it's my family or friends and they're successful, I just can't see it in me to ever be like like mad at that. No. Whether in any way they got there. Well, a big one is it's very difficult for people to celebrate somebody else's success. I just it's I don't very know. Very difficult I, I for personally people to do can't. That. But if you maybe that's because I have some success in my life and I have people that yeah. It, it it's such a it's it's such a mind fuck, but the. You know the, the the reality of it is is people fight more to accept their mediocrity mm-hmm. than to take the risk to be better, and that's right, 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 right. that's what really separates. So you've got people that their personal struggle 
is to not achieve greater things. Yeah. To accept the fact that they've made the choices that they've made that have limited their opportunities. Right. And then if people... And they want you to be in their life. Right. Because they don't want you standing there shining the light on what they've done. Right. Your success shines the light on other people's failures. Yeah. No, I know. And that's why those are the hangers-on. Those are the people... The people that are there and they act like they're for you, but right. they're really waiting for you to fall so they can go, as good as you think you were, you're really right. just one of us. Right. That's their fuck yeah, you, yeah, I yeah. got you moment. Right. And that's why you got to live above all that stuff. No, I totally. would rather be alone than deal with people like that. Yeah, I know. 100%. And that's the ebb and flow of life, though. I mean, you collect those people, you eject those people, depending right. upon where you're at. But when you know it and you mentally are aware of how people actually are instead of turning people into what you think they should be right you start seeing the world for what it is instead of constructing this false reality right that's when everything starts to fall in place no and i feel like i was very blind to the blinded to all of this like i feel like the last year has been like a very uh eye-opening transitional part of my life yeah well actually the biggest transition transitional part of my life so i don't know i just feel like i've been opening up to a lot of like the bullshit that i was like blinded blinded before and you're young yeah. You're young. So right. the thing is, when you're young, you don't know. You don't have experience. Right. You're judging things based upon how you were taught and, and how you were taught. Stuff. Yeah. All that's taught to you by the experience that you've had right. at that time. Exactly. But the minute you get outside of that bubble of comfort right. or the chaos that's being created, right. which gives you the excuses not to look anywhere else, right. when you get outside of that, you start to really discover there's other things, and then you start to see how the right. realities are. Like, I just feel like, I don't know, I feel like in the last two years, like, at this point right now today i've changed parts of my life because i feel like in the last years i was in a bubble because i was comfortable yep now that i've i've put myself in uncomfortable positions and i've that i never want to be in and now that i've been in them i feel like i know i've grown for them how much do you think fighting has to do with that uh i feel like fighting's gave me a lot of uh gave me confidence maybe to if you go had a, out of the box. If you had a stuff. nine to five, do you think you ever would have addressed any of this? I don't think that's what it was. I think it was the relationship I had, the breakup I had, a lot of self-reflecting. But yeah, you're right. I feel like if I didn't have fighting and didn't live this lifestyle, I would and had a nine to five and just no, I don't feel like I would. Uh, I feel like when you're at this point in your career too, you have so much pressure because, man, nobody understands. To be where you're at. When you're okay, you're six and zero. You're looking at the big show, saying I belong. You have to defend yourself on the regional circuit. Mm-hmm. You got this massive pressure to win because if you lose again, that's what I it need. Re- the I clock need resets pressure. and you yeah, got to start right. over. You have this. What the fuck? I really want to get there. You don't know if you're ever going to get there because there's no there's no MMA math. There's yeah. no career path that right. guarantees you anything. Right. You've got nothing but stress, and you either break. Or you get better, mm-hmm. and you really do have to look at your life and how you're doing things when you're under this amount of pressure to survive. Right. Cause yeah, it's all self-reflecting. If you don't pay attention to this, the stress is going to eat you up. Right. Or you're going to develop a drinking problem or a drug problem. <laughs> it's right. one or the other, you True. know. Yeah, yeah. I know a lot of guys that have girl problems because of it. I know guys that, you know, they stick their dick in too many things because that's their escape. And right, I know right, other people right. that drink too much. And I know guys that do steroids. And I know right. guys that do other hard drugs because they need something that's going to create all that drama and chaos that they need yeah, to yeah, avoid yeah. the stress of reality. And yeah. that's the most self-destructive pattern. And if you look at fighting, everything I just said, I mean, there's so yeah, many guys right. that we can point to that 
have gone I mean, down. I think those Chris paths. Lieben was the poster child for right. fucked up careers because yeah. of it. You know? Oh, totally. You know, and but he was a guy that was in the big show yeah. and was fucking it all up. But I mean, people don't understand when you're on the regional circuit, you're in your twenties. You know your window is only so big. It's just, it's a mind fuck. Yeah. And anybody totally that wants is. to throw stones at it that's not in it, even guys that are fighting. Right. If you're 1-0 as a pro, stop. You're not there yet. Right. Like when you're 3-0, it starts to get weird. Now yeah, it's I'm, crazy. Now I'm undefeated. I just look back at pitches when I was an amateur, like after I won the belt and shit. Like when I was like 4-1 or like after I fought BJ, like I thought I was like, I, I don't know. I just felt like I was like, oh, this is it. Like I'm... But it's crazy now. I'm six fights deep in my professional career, undefeated, and it's still a, it's still a question mark. I don't think people understand how stressful winning is at the end. It's such an amazing thing, yeah, in the moment. But it becomes a weight you carry around with yeah. you. Then it's you're expected so much more the next fight. Like, look now, you're I have not. Everyone you think, you do it uh, to yourself. Nobody else gives a fuck. Right. Like honestly, like no one yeah, gives I mean, a look, fuck. You look how I fought though. Everyone was like, oh, you got to knock this guy. You got to finish this guy. I went and decision, decisioned them, and now everyone has something to say, like, ah. Oh, yeah, but even if you knocked them me. out, they would have said something. Look, I got I can play devil's advocate on both sides. I can give you a laundry list of stuff that none of it's real. It's all it's all made up shit. Right, of course. But to the uninitiated, it right. would sound like science. Uh-huh. Like, you know, oh, he did this or he did that. He came up from this. Phil did that. Whatever. Bullshit. Whatever. Right, Two right. guys got locked in a cage. The one guy fought the way he did. You fought the way you did. You won. Shut right, up. Yeah. It is what it is. You know? Move on to the next one. Yeah. No, yeah. I know. It, it, is, it is what it is. And I said this to you that day, too, because you were weird about your performance. Well, because right when I got out, you, t- you heard me. I was like, ah. Yeah, but there was another undefeated guy that lost that night. Right. He had to pick his ass up off the canvas and figure out what he has to do next. You walked out of there with a win. Right. Going, fuck, what do I do next? Yeah. I would much rather be figuring out what to do next while winning. No, yeah, you're right. Than have that L on my yeah. record. So and I'd be now grateful for that. Do. Yeah, just be happy that even though you're le- learning on the job, right. you're doing it in a way that's working. Right, yeah, totally. <laughs> you know? So that's why you just. That's the mind fuck it. of this, no, man. Roll with it. It's just the mind fuck of the I whole know. thing. It's just. As much as. The physical is given, the technical is given, the mental is what really separates everybody in this business. Yeah. Everybody. Totally. There are some guys that are there are some guys that are stupid in the right way, some guys that are smart in the right way. There's some people that are too smart, and right. too cerebral, and other guys that are too dumb. There's uh-huh. like I feel like to be a fighter you have to be dumb enough to take the damage but smart enough to yeah, understand good, how to adjust. Balance. Yeah. You know? uh, totally. And then there are fighters that rely on coaching to make decisions and then other people that use coaching to support their positions it's too different like i I, my biggest flaw as a coach was i was very heavy-handed as a young coach in terms of direction and you had to do what i was telling you to do because it was going to win and it did we won Uh but the problem would be if the crowd was loud you couldn't hear me you didn't know what to do right because you weren't used to thinking you were just used to performing like I, I used to Under call it, instruction. it was my personal PlayStation. I literally sit in the corner, right. move right, throw this, move left, throw that. Right. But if they couldn't hear me, they didn't know they should go right. I feel like I have, because uh, I definitely, I mean, Dante always says that I listen. But I feel like if. But you, you're I'm in saying the, if I can't hear, I'm still, I'll still be good. And you also are confident enough in your stuff where you literally 
will say, go fuck yourself, I'm going to do this instead because this is what I want to do exactly. and that's what you do. Right. So there's that balance. That's, again, we're there to support you with what we see. And that's We throw it out, but you know when to go right, right. when to go left, and why. Right. Where before I never explained why, mm-hmm. I just told them what. So if I just tell you what to do and you don't know why, there's no substance to gotcha. it. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. you like don't have Can't the knowledge. Do it on yourself, then. Yeah. So By I yourself. I want to create strong individuals that really understand it. They know why. Right. They know what. And they know how. Mm-hmm. So that's where now it's like if you know why and you're physically prepared, I also think that puts you in a better position to understand what the mental stress is going to be. Because it's like, okay, why I don't need to do this is this. So, man, I really need to not do this. Or I really need to do this. Right. So you mentally are prepared now. Okay, I have to laser focus. It's not because he told me and I'm afraid of repercussions. Uh-huh. It's because if I want to win, it's what's going to work. Right. It's, it's such a different twist on yeah. shit. And that's why the heavy-handed schools. I feel like Tiger Shulman guys are like that a lot of ways. What? Just very, They're so uh, heavily coached yeah. that you know they fight a certain way. They don't fight as individuals. They right. fight as they I were built to saying. be. Totally. Where I feel that the strength of individual, the strength of that person is what matters most. Mm-hmm. Because, again, if coaches aren't there, what are you going to do? Right. I mean, they're... You're locked in by yourself. Yeah. I feel, yeah, they're nothing more than a support system. Yeah. I can't think for you. can't right. feel for you. I can't make you push. Uh-huh. And that's why it's so important to be a strong individual. Because when everything else fails, it's just you. Yeah. Hey... When you fought, what, who's the kid from Brooklyn? What's his name? Uh, Brandon Urquiel. All right. You were in the shittiest position. Yeah. And you reversed it on him and took the round back. Twice. You didn't need to be told how to do it. Right. You literally just made it. You just willed your way through right, it. Yeah. I can't do that. Dante mm-hmm. can't do that. Right. Brother can't do that for you while we're in the corner. You have right. to do that in the cage by yourself. And that's why that individual strength of character is so important. Mm-hmm. Gotta have big balls. Yeah. No, I remember that too. Sitting there saying, if I don't fucking flip this guy over, I'm going to lose this fight. Yeah. So there was not an ounce of me that wasn't going to put every little bit into that. To that goes back to the coast quitter kill. Yeah. I say, every I time. say I use that now. I love it's that. real. I tell it's it, true. People that don't know fighting, I say that same thing, that they don't understand that. I can sit there on my back be like, yeah, man, I, I couldn't have got out. When in reality, I just didn't want to get exhausted or I didn't want to get take yep. any damage. But people don't... Uh, a real fighter always kills. Always. And that's, you either, it's it's that old Spartan saying of, you know, I'm going to either carry my shield out or I'm going to get carried on right. it. I never, because the one thing, the bullshit fans are going to listen to your excuses and say it's okay. Right. But three o'clock in the morning in the dark by yourself, you know what you thought. Right. You know the choice you made. Mm-hmm. And you got to live with that shit. You don't want that. Right. You no. don't you don't want to be Hell sitting no. there in the dark going, What did I do? You don't want to be twenty years from now going, What did I do? Right. You wanna look back twenty years ago and you know, I almost died, but I kept going. Yeah, of course. You don't yeah. want to be going, I, I like quit. That. Right. And I, I, I used to joke, I say, you know, I don't want you driving a Porsche with a nineteen year old third wife and uh, a ponytail because you fucked up in a fight one day. Right, <laughs> you yeah. know? That'd be the uh like I, and that's the thing. You just never got over and you're just walking around trying to prove to the world you're better than that. Right. Like, I want you to be secure. I want you to have a good relationship. I want you to have good kids and a good job right. and be secure because you know you can do anything because you never fucking quit in a fight. Right. People have no idea the long-term repercussions of these short-term decisions yeah, we no. make in this career. Because, again, 
what else are you going to do in this world where the pressure's the same and the outcome Nothing. has so much riding on it? Right. Not, yeah, one night. One night, one fight, rest of your life and to you deal can't with even, it. You can't even put that really into any other professional sport. No. You know? Only combat sports. Yeah. There's oh. one night. You're, you're the rest of your life, basically, is in jeopardy of that one night. That the What I say after every fight now is because I fought in AC. It's like the same thing for me now. The night of my fight, after I fight and go out after, and then I wake up and... Well, I don't even go to sleep then. <laughs> even when I get back to my room, I'm still sitting in my bed all night till the morning awake. Yeah, yeah. That next day, I'm like... It's just crazy to think that if I lose that night before... Everything is just going to be so different. Yep. So or not? Nah, the night's going to change it completely. I'm not going to go out and You're party. You're not going to go out I, and party. And I'm also not going to be on that high horse the next day or the, for the next three weeks or the next few months till my next fight. Yeah. Trust me. Carl lost. I've lost an Carl, amateur. Carl lost his last fight. Right. And it was almost like he was reborn. No, I see what you're saying. So it could be. It can be the end of the world or a new beginning, right. depending on how it goes down. I'm just saying, as if far as... If you quit and lose, right. you're fucked up. Right. If you're walking around going, oh my God, what did I do? What did I do? That's one thing. Right. If you die trying... Different story. You're hungry. No, 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 of you course. You wake up hungry. Right. That's different. You don't I hate yourself. I guess I have in that. Yeah. Like, Carl woke up hungry. Right. Carl woke up going, okay... Like, literally, he's on the plane. Can we train tomorrow? Right. <laughs> like, you know, right. he was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I want it back. Of course. And I don't I don't mean like that. I just meant as far as, No, like I completely whole, understand. It's, it's the whole high horse yeah. thing. Being happy and, like, being like, all right, I'm that much closer. You know, yep. it's such a step back. Yeah. No, it's... But you don't even know what that next day is going to feel like. I That's know. what you think the next day is going to be right, right now because you don't know. I guess because when I, I lost an amateur... Yeah. It felt like... It felt like felt like the end of the world yeah of course but it was just the beginning of something but then else. i've lost i've lost and i realized right back on the horse it's a loss it's an l it's it is it. what it is right in amateur it doesn't matter as much pro everybody talks about how much it does but yeah. i mean some of the greatest fighters of all time have shitty records yeah. randy Torres' records garbage yeah BJ but we look Penn. at him as like the best ever bj penn's records complete yeah. garbage rashad just lost five in a row i know five in a row look at rampage jackson now he's got like freaking 14 losses but he's rampage yeah He's still fighting. That's my favorite fighter. One of my favorites of all time. I don't even want to watch him fight anymore. There's, I like certain fighters for certain things. His defense in pride against punches. What his box, like his the way he had like the Dutch cover and he used to flow with punches. Right. That taught me a lot. Like I learned a lot watching him. Oh really? There are certain fighters that one that I never learned to think. Like Chuck Liddell never taught me a goddamn thing about anything. Uh, I look at what he does and I'm like, what is he? Just a tough brawler. He can generate a tremendous amount of power. Yeah. And he has... Great takedown defense. You cannot teach his takedown defense or how to get up. Right. The way he gets up... I mean, he literally just gets up. Uh-huh. Like, there's no technique to right. it. He just gets up and nobody can keep him down. There's just something there. He's one of these guys that has something and it right. worked. Rampage, there was technical things he did, which I liked. Yeah, and his power. Yeah, and then... Uh, Randy Couture had a great dirty boxing game. Dan Henderson, you can't teach that Hendo, the H bomb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. You can't teach that. Yeah, I if mean, he didn't have that, he wouldn't be the, the fighter nothing, he was. Because he had nothing else. Right. I mean, his wrestling's top notch, but right. he became an old man with a heavy hand. Yeah. That was it. Like, remember the Hector Lombard fight? That crazy reverse yeah. back elbow. But that again, just that that just power. power. And and 
Yep. He's got that uh, and killer, killer instinct. instinct. Killer instinct. Which separates you from, I feel like, a great amount of fighters. Well, I think Melvin Minoff probably had the greatest killer instinct of anybody. But no chin? No, Melvin Minoff got submitted by everybody. Oh, he, like, he's, if he didn't knock he you out, he got... Out by everyone. Well, he's old now. Yeah, I know. You know, he's old. The Dutch style takes its toll on you. When you're right. 40 years old, if you have a chin and you're a Dutch guy... Uh-huh. It's know. not there anymore. It's not there. Right. Like, just too many, too many wars in the gym. Too uh-huh. many wars in the cage. Now there's, there are certain guys. I mean, Rampage still, still has a chin. When you really, think but he about never really it. took never. damage though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Vanderlei Silva needed his face off in that one fight, but I mean, yeah. how many times has he been knocked out? Sure. That's what I'm saying. I don't think he's ever been knocked out. Chuck Liddell got knocked out too many times. Yeah. Like, but there's Merkel Krokop got knocked out once and then got knocked out like ten times. Yeah, you're right. You know, once you lose it, it's gone. Doesn't come back. That's true, right? And I don't know if it's physiology or if it's psychology or what. Do you what, think but there's there's some people that just don't have a chin? Absolutely. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Absolutely. And there are some people that have ridiculous power. I still say it to this day. Mark Barakol is a fighter nobody's ever heard of. This dude, literally, like he would touch you on the shoulder and be uh, like, "Oh my god, <laughs> like that hurt." Like that. He would hit like you, Anthony Johnson. Yeah. But Mark was like five five fighting oh, at one seventy. He yeah, would right. tap my chin, and I'd see stars. And I remember one time he got on top of me with sixteens on, and he hit me, and I went out. He hit me, woke me up. He hit me, I went out. He hit me, woke me up, and then like the, he ended on waking me up. And so he never even realized I was out. He hit me wow. like ten times in the head. And I was like, in out, in out, wow. in out. Tie him up, tie him up. What the fuck just happened? Holy shit! Shake <laughs> the cobwebs out. Fight my way back up. But like just natural power. Some guys just have crazy right. power. I have my uh, it's one dude I used to to train with back in the day too. It's like if he like Carl's with, got some. Carl's definitely got. Carl's that. got. Re- oh right? my god! Carl's the only guy that I've never been hit by somebody that no matter what, if it was bare knuckle, MMA glove, boxing glove, no matter what, it just hurts. Mm-hmm. It's like a rock. Like a lot of guys hit and it's a thud. Yeah, I remember you used to make it's me spar. Painful. I almost quit. It's just the worst feeling in the right. world. Yeah. I can take his kicks. Everybody talks about his kicks. I can take his kicks. His punches are what hurt the most to me. Yeah. Because when he hits you in the face, because I, I, I do a little bit. I take punches. It's kind of what I do, my style. I take punches to give stuff back. Can't do it with him. Mm-hmm. Fucks my world up. Yeah. And his body shot's the worst. Nah, I know. The worst. The worst. And you're smaller, so, like, it's not. The- well, it's not the a, absolute worst. I'm more his size. That's what I'm saying. So it's different. Well, like, went, that's like, why I probably quit after that BJ Young fight because <laughs> I was like, I don't want to go back to sparring Carl again. Yeah, but makes you better. No, it all worked out. The one thing that's that's like sparring, diversity in sparring is really important. That's one thing we talked about after your last fight too. Yeah, I got too comfortable sparring one, two guys. I mean, you're fighting, you're sparring Marlon. Yeah. Marlon's one of the best in the world. True. But if all you do is spar Marlon, you're prepared to go Just against Marlon. Right, yeah. But, you know, everybody's different, and you got to have different gears. Right. That's I didn't have, when I sparred Marlon, he would not run around. He would basically engage or. He wanted to get his licks back. Right, of course. <laughs> you know? Same with the guy uh, Tamar. Yeah. Same shit with him. And Tamar was, you know, he. And he was a tough mother. He's a tough motherfucker. Yeah. He just won his PFL debut, I believe. Yeah, I. Wouldn't he, he fight again already, though? I thought it was like every month. They have another one coming up. Oh, he they didn't get the first round soon, done. Rex, oh, they didn't. It's still going? Yeah, Rex is fighting next week. I think that's the last of the first round, and then they get ready for the next round. Oh, I think okay. it's once a month for like six months. It's crazy. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah, with that guy Mark I was talking about, he made his pro debut at Beast of the Northeast, which was Rank Combat's old tournament. So... 
Beast of the Northeast, you had to fly three times in three months. So it started in September and it ended around Thanksgiving. Oh, okay. And that was every year. And if you won your and if you won it, then right. you would fight for the belt. And Mark got in it, made it uh, all the way to the final. And uh, by the time he made it to the last fight, his first fight won in the second round by submission. Second fight, he won in a really fast, a one-punch knockout. Oh, really? Yeah. Hit the guy. Like, they went out. Guy moved back. Knocked him out of the knockout shot. And then third fight, he went up against Charlie Brenneman, whose wrestling was just too much for him. Charlie Brenneman. Charlie took him down. I bet, I bet on Rick Story versus Charlie Brenneman. Remember that? Like, a long time ago. And Rick Char- Story beat him? No, and Rick Story lost. Charlie Brenneman was, like, his first fight. They, He was supposed to fight... I don't know, the guy pulled out and they called up. It was his first okay. fight in the UFC. All right. And beat Rick Story. Came out of nowhere. Out of nowhere, yeah. Yeah, but he beat the piss out of Mark in the last round. But I remember having to make weight three months in a row, a never-ending training camp. Because your training camp never ended. Yeah, yeah of course. I mean, you got to take time off to decompress. Right. He couldn't because literally three weeks later we're fighting again. Yeah, that's... Just over and over and over and over. He was lucky. MMA second fights, too. That's wild. Yeah, he was lucky his second fight was so fast, but at the same time... I don't know. Right that was, back to training. Yeah, right back to training, and he cut a lot of weight, so he ended up with a he ended up with a urinary tract infection and kidney stones <laughs> because of the weight cutting for so long. He didn't eat the best. That's why he did it. To what about piss and blood after your fight? That's only when you get hit in the kidneys. I had that in my last two fights, but like I'm talking like minimal. minimal. Well, both times though. I'm gonna do a podcast episode where I'm going to bring some people in to talk about weight cutting. Uh, I wonder if maybe I it's the ask weight the, cut. And I want to ask an MD about that because I think if you go too far well I do know that if you go too far physically your kidneys malfunction a bit. So you may have been hitting the kidneys. That's what I'm saying. Or between the, the kidneys bolt fights. You just need one. You get hit. You get a bruised yeah, kidney. Really? And it, it sucks. I pissed oh, but I didn't. No it was like. It's probably from the weight cut. Yeah. Honestly. That's what I'm thinking. How much weight did you cut? Of water? How many how many pounds did you cut within 48 hours of the fight? What'd you go from? Uh, Probably eight pounds. That's not bad. But I also don't do the water load like everyone else does. So you could be killing, you could be wringing your kidneys out. I'm taking some water. But then I, I don't know, I recover so well, I feel like, you know? And you do it, the gutting out part... I can understand where your body it goes into what they call a rhabdo. What do you mean gutting out? When you gut it out, when you got to push really hard, yeah. When you go oh, like those past last... exhaustion, your body can start to break down if it's in a de- deficient state. Right. So you could you could be breaking your kidneys down a little bit. So I got yeah. Mike out here at the gym today. Actually, old man Mike, he had crazy one with him. This fucking guy goes into the doctor after a heavy sparring day. We. This is 15 years ago. Beat the shit out this of him. This guy, which one? The Old guy that was on the... Yeah. Uh, right. Mike started training when he was 39. Won a world title at 41. No way. Swear that, to God. He won a world title? Yes. He's fought? He was my hammer. He fought up until he was 46 years old. Get the fuck out of here. Hammer. In kickboxing? In full contact karate. Wow. Bare knuckle. Bare knuckle, bare shin, standing toe-to-toe, banging out. Wow. Beating 18-year-olds. Savaging people. Him and his son were my, my, my uh, left and right hands, basically. He used to beat everybody for me. But he had, we beat the piss out of him. He had to go into the doctor, and they did a blood test. Uh. They were like, we think you have cancer. He literally, we beat him so bad, he had muscle fibers in his bloodstream from kicking his legs so much. 
I don't even know what that means. We kicked him in the leg so much that the muscles started to break down, uh-huh. and muscle fibers were in his bloodstream. So when they gave him the so blood they test, was... they, they were like, we think you're dying because you shouldn't have muscle fiber in your fucking <laughs> right, blood. Right. But it was because we literally beat him so bad, we broke down That's his crazy. thigh. Yeah. And then... Uh, and people wanted to know He why. was like, no, we're I good, we're good. <laughs> no, that was bad. He came in one day after... Uh, came in for sparring on a Friday night, and it was me and one of my other guys who was a super heavyweight black belt guy. We were... It, it was when I was still a bad man. And uh, I had another guy who was pretty bad man there too he came in saying he drank at lunch right and for some reason that didn't sit well with us we were like this fucking guy thinks he can drink before training mm-hmm. fuck him and we just we sat him for like an hour that's when i i was really young and dumb that was that was 20 years ago 20 that years was bad ago. that was bad i feel bad about it but not really hey Happens. i'm sure he didn't drink again before uh never drank again I, I think Ever. he quit drinking <laughs> entirely. <laughs> it was a pretty bad one. That was good then. Uh, I, I'm in this place right now, where, for a while, I had to tolerate the lack of contact MMA guys like, but we've been finding so much success lately by going hard. Mm. I feel like nobody has excuses right now. Can't. You, you got to do the work. Right. You have to. I know. And a lot of guys are. It's, nobody's complaining, but guys are like, "Oh shit." There's this a lot of that. Uh, Teed right now. I, I Teed two weeks ago. We didn't let him stop. We pushed him. We pushed him hard. Mm-hmm. And I, I texted him after. I was like, yo, man, we unleashed the dogs of war on you. But you need this. It's the only thing that gets you that's ready. That's the only way, yeah. Of course. And that's, you got to put yourself in that position. What we did to Steven to get ready for Shogun fights. Uh-huh. I mean, ask Carl. I mean, we literally were like, should we do this? Like, but we needed to know right. if there was quit. Had to break him, yeah. Had to break that quit. Uh-huh. I mean, that's what gave him the ability to do the fight, though. And, uh, and that's what else no one else understands. Yeah. They don't understand that you have to get broken down and rebuilt. They think it just ah, uh, go through hitting pads and hitting a bag, a little bit of sparring, and then you go and beat the shit out of someone. But I had that discussion Tuesday with someone about pads. There are people that, are, you know, they're just pad people. Pads, there's two pads. Mm-hmm. There's conditioning pad work. Right. And then there's fight pads. Right. Fight pads simulate the rhythm, the distance, the timing, the reactions, put you in a position to throw the right things. And then when some days you go on the pads, you go longer. And it's less technical and it's more cardio. Right. But you get people that don't really understand striking. They're like, oh, I know what I'm doing. I hit the pads for 15 rounds. I'm yeah. like, if you can hit the pads for 15 rounds, your pad holder sucks, and you're not training to fight. You're right. not hitting hard enough. Right. They, if three, four rounds on the pads, you should be dead right. ass because you're, you're working. Yeah. You're hitting hard. You're focusing you're simu- your shots. You're like simulating yeah. what you would throw in a real fight. You can't, you, you can't do pads for 10 rounds and think that you know what the fuck right. you're doing that means you have a coach who's just you know blowing smoke up your ass right like you gotta you gotta we're running through just just running yeah, yeah. they're just putting it through going good right. job good yeah. job good job right. you survived you, know, you that, survived you got a lot of these amateur level coaches that they get you to go long on pads or do a lot of rounds like guys that do tech sparring for right. an hour like, oh, i sparred for an hour and a half yeah. i'm like no you didn't you like play touch butt. That's for an what hour people. That's what people don't. Unless you've been through it, you don't know what the recipe to success is. So yeah, and just because you got guys that are women winning fights at amateur level too doesn't mean you know your shit. Right. And I mean, I'm not throwing shade on anybody, but I'm like, look, there's levels to this shit. Right. And at each level, there's a price to be paid physically and technically. 
And as a coach, like I've been at all those levels, mm-hmm. I know what you need to do. And you know me, and everybody here that trains with me knows one thing I am is I'm not a cookie-cutter coach. If I tell you to do it, it's because my experience has found that this is what you right. personally, with your skill set and your right. abilities, needs. Uh-huh. You know, I tell you to do different things every camp based yeah. upon what we see. Of course. No, I know. And, and that's... That's the thing, and I, I just and I, yeah, you're right. And then probably a, lo- a lot of other coaches are just focus on yeah, oh, the you same exact thing every fight because they don't think about it, right? Because they don't know what to think. There are a lot of coaches out there, and I I don't know why I'm getting on this negative rant, but there are guys out there that do shit that I laugh. I'm like, I forgot more about fighting than they know. Mm-hmm. I'm like, when I see the guy who's got three amateur fights and then he opens up his own school, I'm like, dude, right. slow your roll a little bit yeah. here. Like, you need more experience. No, yeah, I know. How are you going to build a champion? I people telling me to open up a gym right now, and I'm like... You need to fight. Right. You need to fight. Exactly. If you focus on business, you're going to get distracted from fighting. Right. If we're, like, five years from now... Right. Different story. If you call it Phil Caracapa's gym, you know I'm going to make fun of you. (laughs) You know how I feel about gyms named after people. My name's too long to do that anyway. I know people are going to think it's a soccer school. Phil... (laughs) Soccer school? Isn't Caracapa the soccer ball? Don't they have a Caracapa soccer? There's no way. No, it's Kappa. 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 Which I think is short for the Caracapa family in Italy that runs the soccer thing. It would probably be like Boss. Boss Kappa. <laughs> MMA. Boss Kappa MMA. Oh, my God. Sign up now. Yeah, let's, 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 let's start making plans it. now. Let's start. It's the five-year plan. We'll start taking email addresses. <laughs> if you're thinking about having a kid within the next couple of years, they'll be of age by I'm the time you're open. Taking deposits now. Yeah. now. Oh, my God. That's scary, thinking you open up a school. No. Is, like, no shirt mandatory? Yeah. No. Do you have a flexing class? I'm the only class? one without Do you have a flexing class? Flexing class, yeah. <laughs> the Private, whole, uh, yeah. No wall pads, just mirrors? Just mirrors. <laughs> On the ceiling, too. <laughs> ceiling, floor, everything. Your brother likes to train with his shirt off. It's ridiculous. I, I know. Said, I see I said him in him, all the... Uh, I'm like, why do you keep taking your shirt off? He goes, oh, I break out. I said, you're full of shit. Oh, my God. You're full I'm of like, shit. I'm like, he has to lose weight. He should have fucking two sweatshirts on. Oh, I can't put layers on, man. I break out. That's what he said? Yeah. He said he breaks out. I need a doctor's note on that. I what, can't let him get away with out? that. Yeah, I can't get yeah. away with that. I see it in all the videos. That's funny. Your brother's gotten a lot better, though. Yeah, yeah, I know. He's gotten a lot better. Totally. Yeah, he's starting putting different combinations together, and he's starting to understand. But he's in that space. We were just talking about it before where, you know, he doesn't get it yet, but he's getting right. closer to that shot. Right. And then he'll understand a little different. Yeah, once he – I mean, it's going to happen eventually that he'll get into, like, a fight where someone's going to Well, when he goes – when it. he gets pro, too. Right, right, right. What I'm looking for – Yeah, what but I'm, you would rather it happen amateur. What I'm waiting for, though, is when – you guys get to that point where the light bulb goes off and he's like, oh, now I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you could be like, I've been waiting for you to get it. Right. And then, you know, you get a little bit closer well, to Once you get hit it. with a little, like, adverse, uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. Then it, like, changes, I don't know, I feel like it changes your... Uh, when he gets hit with some of the shit you've been hit with, not just right. in the cage, but, like, all around. Right. And the career yeah, scenario... Yeah, yeah. It's weird. Then, it's then, weird. Then you can come a little bit closer. It's not that you're divided. It's just that your experiences are very different, and it's hard for him to understand what you're going through at times. Right. But, hey, but man. No, I see it from every... I, I, I see everyone has their own aspect and view on, on everything. You know what I mean? Until you're in someone's so literal yeah. shoes, yeah. you can't really... Uh, this is so hard, too. I, I, I remember 
I'm like 35. I've been doing this a long time. Mm-hmm. I'm not 35 now. I'm saying like, when I was 35. When I was 35 and I had been doing this for a while and I was making a, a living doing this and I'm doing whatever, I remember my aunt called me up. She was like, are, are you done fucking around? You ready to get a real job? No one gets this. Mm-hmm. Everybody acts like this is a big hobby. They don't understand that. What? This is the career? life. This is the career. All right, so how about this? So if, if I'm an amateur, do you think it's a career? No. You know what the... Uh, how about, do you still... Do you think it's technically a career right now for me? Because there's... It's a tough spot. Here's where right? I'm at so with that. So it's like, but yes and no. But he, it... But it's definitely more is, than just a dream. But it, Now. Because we don't have the structure that every other career has... Right. This is a learn-on-the-job business. Yeah, it's so weird. So this is like you're in med school... And you're waiting tables uh-huh. while doing your shift at the hospital, right? And going to class, right? That's the stage you're at. And where it like, sucks. would you say to a med student, you're not a doctor yet, but it is your career path, right? You're you're becoming a doctor, right? Like, oh, I'm six and zero. Oh, I'm a professional fighter, but you're building a career to right. be able to support yourself and whatnot. It doesn't happen overnight because right. we just don't have all the structure in right, place. true. You don't go to high school to learn how to be an MMA, to get into a college that's going to get you into a master's program right, right, right. to get you a doctorate. Yeah. Like, we don't so have that. the master's program. Right now, you're in the master's and program. Like and then when you get to the UFC, you're going to go for your doctorate. Right. You know? Yeah, so you yeah. get a master's degree, but you eventually you want to be a doctor in MMA. Right, yeah, exactly. It, it, and in amateur, you're doctor in fucking grade school. Right. Like, amateur, people are like, what am I, in high school? No, you're in fucking eighth grade. Right. Looking at it's going just to a crazy private school. Thinking that was three. That was three years ago for me. Look at Carl in six. That's six years. Six years from amateur to, wow. to amateur to UFC in six, yeah. and that only happened for one reason. I don't. I. I don't have many people that can emulate that. I think because of the intensity in which we train, we have more opportunity to jump the line and get higher places in careers than other people. Because one, we don't say no to fights. Two, we train really fucking hard, and three collectively we've been there and done that right. so you have experience you have hard training and you uh-huh. have audacity you've got big balls here we all got them right i mean I have we have the fucking lifestyle at this gym it right. is what it is carl has always been he has had the mentality and the physical conditioning to be able to accept any fight i mean he fought jerome and boundary fought a guy with 102 fights in his pro kickboxing debut Double, we, like double the size of him too double the size of him too but we had the audacity to take that call and get on a plane and go and make that work for right. us and that led to glory. And then he got hurt. And then he came back pissed off. And then he stepped up and did what he had to do. Got and then shot. contender series out of nowhere, whatever. But it was by being in shape, by being prepared, and having that audacity of like, fuck you, whatever you want, we'll do. Right, yeah. I mean, we beat Mike Wilcox at Cage Fury and got blackballed. Submitted the guy in the first round. That guy won that fight, was going to the UFC. That was done deal. This oh, kid had a signed it. contract. They were like, win this fight, you're in. Carl beats him. They were pissed. Submitted him first round? Submitted him. The, the kickboxer submitted the the collegiate, the collegiate wrestling coach oh, in Brown Belt and Jiu-Jitsu. Oh, yeah, wow. From Daniel Gracie's school. They didn't want to talk to us forever over that. But we had the audacity to take that fight. And that was one we thought it would catapult him. That actually right. held us back because nobody wanted to fight him. Yeah, that's but wild. we were like, fuck it, let's go. And, you know, that's Kickboxing, how he was able to jump, yeah. the, jump the line. But that's... For me, man, I look at it like just keep doing your thing, and when the opportunity comes, like Louis Godnot, no hesitation. 
Yeah. Let's go. Fuck you. Yeah, Let's how, fight. How, how could you not? Let's fight. The guy's been where you want to go. Take it. Yeah. He's a stepping stone for you. He thinks he's, he's going back. No. He's on the way out. You're on the way in. Let's go. And that's if you have that in you, that's how you build this career. And that's how you get out of, all right, I'm living at home, trying to figure out how to get by while I'm doing right. this to make that is, dream come the, true. This is the fight that shuts everyone up. I mean, this is the fight that I win this. There's no one that in the world that can tell me anything. Somebody will, though. Well, they'll have no justification whatsoever. In their mind, they do. So who gives a sure. fuck? Well, yeah, you're right. Why do you care? I don't know. I love proving people wrong. Well, prove them wrong and then shut them. Don't and I'm proving myself right. But you're really, when you're proving them wrong, you're only proving yourself right. And what you think you're listening to is just the shit you're grabbing onto. It's not that I'm even listening to. It's just like... But it's there. And it's, it's there. And it's in your head. Yeah, you're right. But it's what you choose to hold on to. Right. Somebody makes a but I'm not, I'm not comment and you're like, fuck, now you're, I'm ready to go. But it's your process. It's what right. you need. But I'm not sitting at home all day long being like, oh, I gotta, I'm got no. doing this for myself and the people I love yeah, at the when, end of the day. And But when you're dead ass tired and you're looking for motivation, that's right, part of, of it. Of course. And that's what I use it for. And that's the fuck you that you need as a fighter. Right, yeah. That's why I always make that point of... This guy that you're about to face is trying to take everything you're working for away. Like, I understand Fuck why you would him. take this fight. Oh, this kid's 6-0 and right at the brink of maybe going but somewhere. Every fight. Miguel Restrepo, who's on the way out, not the way in. Right. That motherfucker was trying to take your dreams yeah, away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was trying to use you to get himself back in the spotlight. Right. So is this guy. Fuck you, I'm not letting you. Right. This guy's trying to do the same. Everybody's trying to take what you have. He's my. He's the gatekeeper. Yeah. If you want to say that. He's just, again, man, it, it is what it is. It's just another fight. But everybody's always trying to take your dreams away because they've got their own. And no disrespect and you just to Tiger Showman. I like, I like actually like all their guys. They have they have a bunch of cool guys over there. I have there. no comment. There's some guys from there there's I some found cool guys okay. there. There's some I, there's the some I dislike, there, but there, there, there's the, a bunch of cool guys over there. Yeah, but as a pack, they act stupid, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't know. Individually, about, I don't know, individually, I don't go into all that well, shit. you're gonna find out. Yeah, you walk out and it's GSK, GSK. Yeah, yeah. People throwing shit at you, calling you names, <laughs> I mean, love mugging it. you. More yeah. people, the better. So and you're like, yeah, no, they're cool people. You'll find out real fast right. when it's not going their way. The mob right. mentality takes over. Uh-huh. Their allegiance is not to your friendship. It's to that fucking no, that group. And so. you know what's crazy? I was cool with them, and supposedly last fight, well, not the last one, the one before with the kid Brandon. Yeah. Supposedly they were all helping him out uh, for yeah. my fight against them. So. Wasn't he one of them? I thought he was one of them for a while. I think his son maybe is Tiger Shulman. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. But I know that kid Santo, whatever, he went yeah, to them he's, too. Yeah, he's Tiger Shulman now. Yeah. But he's more out that way, and there's but really no training for him out yeah, there. Yeah, he's, he's in New York. Yeah. Whatever, man. If it works for you, it works for you. I just like their whole gang mentality drives me a little crazy. Yeah. So I, I just I'm a little bit I'm a little bit more low key about it. I'm gonna dye my hair red for the fight. Oh my god, are you really? Nah, I'm only don't kidding. please don't do that. <laughs> don't change anything. Just do what you do I'm and not. fuck this guy up. I am. I'm yeah. excited. This so you got how many weeks now? I have twelve weeks from Friday from tomorrow. Yeah, so we start slow, build it up as we go, work on the game plan, get the different rotation going, get you ready. So you Be show a different up. Animal. Yep. Well, just more evolved. More evolved. Just keep evolving. Keep taking it to them. Oh, yeah. Anything else going on you want to talk about? Uh, uh, people you're working with? Anything? Uh, 
It's the same old. I mean, same I got old. me. Where are you going training conditioning now? I'm um, starting up at uh, with my buddy from high school. Uh, this RC performance and how. So we're gonna we're gonna switch up my strength and conditioning a little. We're gonna go more like speed and agility based. Not gonna try to pack on too much muscle. I'm gonna go more of uh, footwork, agility, speed, explosiveness. So we're gonna. Yeah. It's just round out skill set. You did yeah, a lot of. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna add a lot more running to this camp. I'm gonna make sure I'm. I'm Throwing down like ten miles a week of of real running. You did good work with Bulldog. Yeah, yeah, for I a did. long time. Yeah, yeah. They and, helped me out. For, and that for was a good and year. you went from like doing nothing to that really got you in the right. groove. Yeah, yeah. And you know you're making the decision that you know you, you see some changes you want to make, and I don't disagree. And people are going to judge it. me and say, oh, if oh he did this because of this and this because of that, or he's not going here because I want to switch it up and see what's up. This is yeah. my career, and and. I want to. That's it. At the end of the day, the best coaches just want the best for you. Right. Yeah. And I think Keith wants the best for you too. Right. And I know as a coach, it's hard to see somebody go when you feel that like you could do certain things for them. Right. You know. But right now, you need to get a little bit faster. You need to get a bit lighter. You need right. to do some different things. Yeah. Hey man, it's all part of the in, process. In time, they come back around again. You, yeah, never, you know, never know. It is what it is. But you yeah. always leave those doors open so you don't burn them. I can't tell you how many guys have left. You're one of them. You left. You came back. Yeah. Because it just came back around, and you know there was. There was I never want. I never wanted to leave in the beginning, but stuff. Nah, it just did. That's Whatever. life happens. Shit happens. I don't, yeah. I don't hold it against anybody. It is what it hey, is. We're in a good spot now. Yeah. We're, we're only going up. So. It's all moving forward, man. Yeah, it's all it moving forward. You just gotta do what you gotta do because it's, again. It's your career. You gotta do what you have to do for your opportunities. And because of this thing is such a mind fuck, you've gotta do the things that are gonna make you feel best yeah. about your career. And right. that's why I said to you before we got on, anybody in any shape or form in regards to any young person's career, man, there's it's there's a trade to it, mm-hmm. but you can't take from these guys. You gotta play a supportive role. Right. And you gotta understand that. They may not understand what you think is supportive, and they may just have to do what they have to do, and it is what it is. That's I talked about. This, I don't remember who I was talking about this with about wrestling. One of the wrestling culture is really, really good to develop an MMA fighter, mm-hmm. but it's not good to sustain an MMA fighter, and it's because of the timing in life. Think about this: when you were 18 years old, you needed a coach who was a father figure. Yeah. At 26 years old, you need a coach who's allowing you to become the man you are more fully. Right. You have to be an independent person, totally. not a just a guy on the team bowing down and kissing the ring of the leader. Right. Like, you, someone says, why don't you open up your own school? Of course you should be getting to the point where you're starting to think, my ideas are strong enough to do my own thing. Right, right. And because we're men, we're not boys right. anymore. We're right. not in puberty growing. We're grown fucking yeah, men yeah, trying to course. carve out ours. Right. That's why at some point your best guys need to leave you and right. open up their version of you. Right. And that's how ne- That's life. That's, and that's in every how, aspect of life. And that's how the networks of the best schools open right. up. Uh-huh. I don't want Carl to be with me forever. Right. When Carl does when Carl doesn't want to do this, he's either not going to do it uh-huh. or he's going to want to do his thing. Right. And I want him to do that. And he'll open up a killer bee somewhere else. Right. You know? It uh-huh. could be down the fucking street. Yeah. But it, that'll be his. Or all of it will be ours. It's all right, how it develops. Right, right. And that's that's the thing, man. 
You gotta. You never know. You but you gotta. I have to give everybody the room to do their thing, so it's gonna work for them. And if I do that in the right way, mm-hmm. you guys take care of me. That's right. how it works. Yeah. I gotta go back and answer to my wife. And right. if you guys respect that, we all good. <laughs> then we're all that's good. But that's line. but that's but that's the whole thing that we all shoot for. And it's cool. It's a it's a great evolutionary process. And one of the things I've really enjoyed about the podcast is to be able to talk to so many people that we all come back to the same parts. It's all about relationships. It's all about respect. Yeah. It's all about creating that mutually beneficial trade, understanding that we're all individuals. We all need to have our own stuff. And everything we do is a mind fuck, but fighting is the biggest mind fuck of them all. And we got to have respect for that. And anyone who doesn't have respect for that, you can't pay attention to them. Anybody right. who's never stepped into the cage or gone through the process with people deeply Shut the fuck up. Yeah, totally. Can't criticize. It's the man in the arena totally. speech. It's the, you know, the critics don't count. Mm-hmm. You know, the man in the Everyone's arena. Everyone's always going to have something to say no matter what. Yep. Everyone has their opinion. You can't talk about war to a, to, to a soldier, you know? Like, can't talk about war to a warrior. Yeah. Somebody has had bullets Drop whipped by up. their head. You can't, you can't fucking yeah. be like, oh, I know what you it is. Do this. Unless you, you heard the crack this. of that bullet going over your head. Right. You don't know what being shot at is. Exactly. Yeah, like, I'm not going to tell someone in fucking war. Uh, you should have definitely, uh, I don't even know what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, we know what you're saying. <laughs> you know what I'm getting at, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Until you've been in there, until you've been exactly. locked in. Same thing. Chris Aquino fought Louis Godnot. Both of them made their pro debut against each other. Chris combat. In ran combat. Nine years ago. Or ten years ago. And it was a savage sitch. Chris was on a roll. He was ready. And this is one of those ones you don't know. As a, he, was a, he, he had 11 amateur fights. Stepped into the octagon as a pro. And he heard the clink of the metal on the door closing. And his legs completely went. No way. Completely went. And he lost his cardio complete not like a little bit we were like uh, what the fuck is wrong with chris and then towards the end of the first round he started to come back and then he comes to the corner and we never sit down right. chris always stood he goes give me the stool i sit down I'm like what's wrong he goes i don't know what happened i realized you know change of rules my first pro fight he goes my legs just shit the bed wow. like, what do you mean they shit the bed he goes i can't feel my fucking legs just, my stress just killed me and i'm like all right what are you gonna do he goes well, I'm good now, but my fucking legs are dead. And then he got back up and he went out, and then he really fought his ass off. But uh, that how did that fight end? He lost decision. Fucking ran combat, two round fights. Oh yeah, two four minute rounders. Yeah, so it was. I forgot about that. Yeah, two, two rounds. Arguably. What could have went to a third? It should have. I really, I, I knew he lost the first. I thought he won the second. Whatever. Two right. judge, one judge agreed with me. Two judges didn't. Is what it is. Majority decision for God not. But the point is that to be continued. Well, no, but Chris though, going from amateur to pro, he thought he knew it all from having eleven amateur fights. Right. Stepped in that octagon right. as a pro for the first time and had nerves like he never had them before. Uh, like he never even thought was right, possible. Right, right. Just hearing the metal on metal of that same door that he fought in as an amateur, right. as a pro, and he went, "Oh my God!" Elbows, knees, ground and pound, all of it so just, that just rushed goes in. To show you, you don't know until you don't know shit. Until you so done don't that. say a word. You don't know what may trigger you to shit your pants. Carl, right. Carl, when he fought in Norfolk. Bruce Buffer called his name. I say, hey, Carl, Bruce Buffer just said your fucking name. 
And he said, for him right there, he didn't get nervous. Right. He was like, oh, I'm killing this guy. Right. Like, it was like locking moment. Right, right, right. It didn't register with him that Bruce Buffer said his name. Uh-huh. But I said, you know Bruce Buffer just said your name? You're in the UFC now. Right. And he was just like, oh, shit. Here we go. Yeah, that's Let's awesome. go, you yeah, know? Yeah, of course. But it's like the weirdest things. Uh-huh. The lights, the crowd, you, yeah, anything. Set, right. set you right, set you wrong. Yeah. But you don't know until you've been there. Right. Oh, I could be great in the UFC. Fuck you. You haven't been there yet. Yeah, you're so right. How many guys How many guys on a tear lose their first fight? Eddie Alvarez lost his first fight. Yeah. You know, Eddie Alvarez beat everybody everywhere. Won every fucking belt you could possibly Cerrone. win. Loses to Cerrone in his debut. World beater. Yeah. Gets beaten by... And Cerrone wasn't a world beater at the time. Right. He was good. Uh-huh. More of a gatekeeper. Yeah. Got to get that first fight jitter out. Fighting in the UFC is a whole other animal, man. No, you're right. And then fighting in the UFC overseas is a Let's whole other animal. Let's just go from amateur to pro and then to Levels promotions. in pro. Yeah. You've only fought in ran combat. I Team. fought in dead serious. Same thing because it's the same promoter, basically. It was an eye play. Yeah. That one you probably slept in your own bed the night before. I did. And I didn't cut weight. I fought at 147. Teed's never fought outside Cage Fury. And he's fighting contender oh, wow. series. All I need it, that. Shout all- out to... Contender, I got to be on that. Well, we got to see next season because this one's fully booked. And the word on this one for your weight class was that it didn't matter if you won or lost or whatever you Dana did. Dana White can, uh, or the Dana White looking for a fight. Yeah, they just 135 so backed up. They're taking the top talent and saying, guys, sorry, we got no spots. Sucks. That's the shitty part about this business. I mean, what happens? Yeah. Like right now, say 145. Everything's who's, timing. Who's the champion 45? For UFC? Yeah. Holloway. All right, he's not 55. He's 45. I mean, fuck, look at 45. You got Frankie up there. You got yeah. Ortega up there. Max is the man. Who else is fighting at 45? I mean, there's a lot of I think of Max also. I think Max beats Ortega. I, I really think Max, do. I think Max beats Ortega. And I don't think it's going to be close. I, I don't swear either. swear to God. I and, I, and I think Ortega beat Frankie because of physical differences. Yeah. Ortega was just too long for him. I don't think he touches Max. Uh, Hallow- Hallow- I think Max is going to... I think Max is going to pick him apart with his hands. 100%. And if it goes to the ground, Max is way tougher than people realize. I don't even think it's going to go to the ground. I don't think he can get inside on him. And then what do you think about Cormier, Miocic? It's tough. Right? Cormier's plus 250. I think Cormier can beat him. He's a huge underdog. I think Cormier can beat him because I think Cormier has more skills. It's just Stipe's so tough. And big. So big and tough. But Cormier's a better wrestler. He's a better striker. You think he takes him down? Maybe it takes him down, but doesn't hold him down. Yeah, I never thought I would ever see Josh Barnett lifted over somebody's head, 360 oh, yeah, spun and dumped him. on his head. Right. He did that same thing to... He high-crotched him, picked him up, seat. turned him, and then drilled him through the uh-huh. floor. I think Jones is the only guy he hasn't done that to. Yeah, you're right. Remember when he did it to Dan Henderson? Like a oh child. my god, that was insane. <laughs> that was embarrassing. That, that was yeah. like me. That was equivalent. That was like to you, me flexing. You, that was like you fucking up my son, yeah. who's five. Yeah, <laughs> that's what that looked like. That was crazy. But yeah, I think I think there's some interesting fights there. I think also. Uh, and what about Garbrit Dillashaw? Dillashaw again. Again. Yep. Really, you I think he's it. just gonna be even better? I don't think Garbrandt's that's mentally strong, and, yeah, I, and I don't think he's gonna evolve from that fight. Nope. And I think TJ's gonna Same come game in. Same plan. I think TJ's coming in more prepared, confident. He's crazy confident, and he's got Ludwig. You can love or hate Wayne, but he's a amazing genius. tactician. Yeah, just amazing tactician. Knows the whole game. Not just not striking coach. Right. Knows it all. Right. It's like Dwayne and I get in the same kind of boat. Where like, oh, striking coach. Even with Duke, Duke Rufus, yeah. same shit. 
people call us all striking coaches, but I'm like, we know the fucking game, dude. Mm-hmm. I know the game. Like, I'm so not gonna, yeah, you put him as an all-around, like... Yeah. I mean, he, he's fought at every level of the sport. Right. And you don't hear him having any other, like, coaches. No. Well, he does train with a Gracie Baja group. He trains with... Um, like, what, does he do jiu-jitsu? Yeah, he trains at a Gracie gym. His main camp in California is a heavy, heavy wrestling jiu-jitsu school. Oh, okay. When you're as good at wrestling as he is, too, though, right. like, jiu-jitsu is not True. so much yeah, of an yeah, issue. Yeah. That's like the Eddie Alvarez, they say. He's like the jiu-jitsu, uh, like, you can't do nothing on him. You know what I mean? He He's, like, impervious to shit. It's weird. What Eddie, do you mean? Like, he can't... You can't... Like, Eddie's really fucking hard to submit because right. he just knows how to move, how right. to use leverage, whatever. Frankie, I've never seen Frankie even come close to being submitted. True, yeah. Another one. The closest thing was the Ortega when he had his neck. Yeah. Ortega, that was just a bad matchup for him, yeah. technically. But then he came back and destroyed you think Cub. He, you think he would take that rematch or no? I think that... I think... I don't... I wouldn't go back there if I was Frankie. Yeah, right? Might have to. I... I, <laughs> I have mad respect for Frankie and his skill set. I just feel like... It has to be the right lineup for him to get the belt back. It's got to be the right. I think Max would have been a hard fight for him too. Yeah, totally. Because the way Max throws, there are certain things. Frankie, and he's on his and Max is on his high horse. Like he's peaking right now. You know. There are certain things that Max does that Frankie can counter really well. If Frankie pressed him, it was fine. But Frankie was having a little trouble during that camp pressing it. I think it's almost a blessing that. He got that, hurt, and right. he didn't fake that. He re- legit got hurt. He was uh-huh. ready for that fight. He wanted right. that fight. But the way they were both moving and going on things, I think I was going to be really tough. But the one thing with Frankie I've just learned is you can never underestimate this guy. Uh-huh. You never. But you know what's weird? Frankie brought in when he fought uh, Yair Rodriguez. Yeah. He brought in a guy from Holloway's training camp, mm-hmm. that kickboxing guy. He fought on the contender. I don't think any of that shit matters. No. Honestly, I put videotape everybody out there and let them all watch. I don't give a fuck. I'm not going to because guys get mad at me. But I don't think it fucking matters because the minute you lock into the cage and men go at it, men are going to do what men do, and I don't give a shit what you know. Yeah. It's all reaction. There's certain things. Like, I mean, what I tell you when we fought Brandon, I was like, yo, he does this, do that. That's how you dropped him. Like, there's certain things you can key on that guys throw out. But at that level, Brandon's level of his IQ was not the same like he there was nothing for him to key off of with you where he was repetitive you're not right. repetitive right outside yeah, of flexing have... outside of flexing and <laughs> dropping your hands right but you're not repetitively doing right. the same shit like you're saying like my last fight they can go and look at that fight all they want i'm not definitely not gonna be the same fighter i was no that fight yeah every fight you do different things right. it's like oh where'd that come from right exactly like, and we don't game plan like okay it's been working so let's right, do it yeah. it's like no okay let's change it up let's get better yeah and that's it's funny um, one of the things I found over the years that works for me with that is so I look at so I watch fights like when you anyone has a fight coming up when I watch footage like I watch all of God Nuts fights and then I watch some of your fights and I'm sitting there, and I take notes as your coach, and I take notes as their coach. Right, right. So I watch you fight and say, okay. How could he beat him? And How, how could how would I beat Phil? Right. And then I take that onto the mat and say, okay, Phil, we got to defend against this because these are the holes I'm seeing. And I and I and that's something I found valuable, with, especially like I did that with Carl with uh, his last fight. Obviously, you know, it didn't work, but I, right. but I knew. You knew, yeah, you knew what anyone, was the, uh, right. I said, if Carl does this... Right. That's gonna happen, and it's over. Right. And that's what fucking happened. It just, 
it's, it just happens. So sometimes the cards. Just the way it goes sometimes, yeah. man. You know, too, you can't stop yourself from doing certain things. I could yeah. say don't flex. You can't stop yourself. Right. It's just what you fucking do. Yeah. Like with Carl, at that particular moment, it was, look, man. Rushed in. Don't rush in. He couldn't help it. I said, right. our game plan was inch in, inch in, inch in, make him throw and then counter. Especially Carl, if he sees the opening. He's he gonna... hit that kick. He saw the guy's eyes go wide. He said, oh, he's mine. Right. And he fucked up and he went too hard. Right. It was almost like the success of that kick. Just created an opening that he wasn't. Yeah. Ah, just one of those ones. So I'm like, fuck. That I wake up three o'clock in the morning going, fuck. Yeah. yeah you know, I'm right. like, god damn it. What could we have done? But uh, then I realized there's really nothing else you we could have done. Got to move forward. Hey, he went to wrestling camp immediately after that and we're doing different right. things and changed his stance up a little bit and he's been a savage. So that's as a coach. I'm gonna end it on that. We've been talking a while, but what I'm gonna end it on is. The happiest, the reason I feel in, like I'm in such a happy place with everything right now is every one of you fucking guys that I'm working with, you all are, you're seeing what needs to be done. You guys are looking at yourselves and saying, these are the changes I have to make to get better. Right. Nobody's relying on talent. Mm-hmm. No, Everybody's trying to get better. And everybody's willing to do the work. People criticize you on the work, but you still do more work every time. Right. And you know you're like, fuck, I gotta I've, go harder. I've, I've had but, fourteen fights. But you say I've I got had fourteen fights. But you say I gotta go harder and you right. go harder. Right. You never would have sparred with Marlon before this last camp. Never. Right. You would have been like, fuck this, I'm not going with him. Yeah. You'd been like, let me hang out on the mat and go with these guys. Right. This one, you were like, fuck this, let me see what I got. Right. And then you went in there and you're like, Oh, it's not so bad. Right. And then you guys pushed each other mm-hmm. and then gave you a black eye and you said, Okay, this is scary, but let me go back into it. No, now now this is going to be... Uh, you got into a fucking brawl with Timor and literally almost fought Russia. Right. <laughs> like, the whole country almost showed yeah. up in a jet to take you on. Right. But fuck it. Yeah. Two fights ago, you would have been... Sorry. I'm good, yeah. I don't want to do that. Right. But now you're, you're finding your space, man. Uh-huh. Like, yeah. And everybody's got to go through that process. Give you the room to be you, but right. we push you to be who you should right. be growing into. And fuck it, man. You, grasping onto it and moving forward and that's been the joy of this it's working out and that's why two weeks two belts now it'll be three weeks three belts three belts keep goes to fucking contender you're gonna be going to uh you know defend your belt again carl should be fighting again soon Corey fucking murdered pat cummings did a lot of work with him to get ready for that he changed up a lot that first round was a beautiful thing like All of you young, hungry guys. Rex is fighting at PFL. Rex Harris fights PFL next week. He's somebody that's one of the main sparring partners. You know, we have a lot of love for him and what he does. He's another one. If you saw him six months ago to compare to what he's doing now, different guy because everybody's coming in asking questions, putting in the work. That motherfucker drives three hours for training on Saturday each way. Wow. Each way. Each way. Yes. That's he lives out wild. by Scranton. And he just knows I got to do the work. Right fucking drives. T drives over an hour each way. Yeah, I know. He He's doing that every right day. Every day. So. No one sees that. Nope. Is what it is. Guys are doing the work. You guys are all pushing hard. We've all got big fights lined up. We're not, we're not, you know, I'm not sitting here doing the fucking, you know, we're so great because we won belts. I'm just celebrating the fact that we found some success with the work and it's just really nice and if anything it's motivated us to go harder because the room's getting nastier every time it's not getting easier it's getting nastier it is and we're setting up sparring to start up next week and uh yeah it's gonna be good so phil 
give shout outs where uh, where can people find you who do you want to thank if anybody you can say fuck you to the world I don't care shout out to my ex Oh my God! <laughs> you had to go there. I Come had on, to. we've been talking for I almost two to. hours. You didn't say shit. Come on. <laughs> I just had to end it on that. Well, I'm gonna edit. Wouldn't that. be here without you. I'm gonna edit this and just put that. Put out that in there. the beginning. That I'm gonna make that like just on. That's what I started it on. Oh uh, no! Shout out to um, Brian, my coach, my mentor. Shout out to Dante. Shout out to my brothers, my mom, my dad. Thrive been a big uh support and success so far so uh that's really it and shout out to all my fans sponsors sponsors i gotta get my phone out throw that out there show them love you want them to maintain their sponsorships with you some of them ditched me after one fight (sighs) hey man no there's no connection here shout out to print street pizza terrace bagels Red House Company, Unroyal Inc. Um, Apex. Oh, my biggest sponsor, my boy, Apex Sport. Um, I'm just having a mental blockage. Anybody you miss. Two hours. We'll get, we Anybody put a photo miss, up at all. I'm going to put a photo no up offense, for you guys. No, no offense. No offense. Made on purpose here. Well, how can people find you again? What's your What's your social? Follow me on Instagram. I'm Love them, famous. hate them. Get Love it out me, there. Love me, hate me. Followers are key. Follow me at Philly Cara, P H I L L Y C A R A. Same In- thing on uh, Twitter. Instagram's your space. Instagram's my spot. Yeah. Everyone follows me on there. This is Brian Wright. You can find me at brianwright732.com. Brianwright732 on Instagram and Twitter. You can find about the gym and our team at killerbcsa.com. Also, killerbcsa on Instagram and Twitter. You can get all of the episodes. This is episode number 27 of The Hive. So you can get us at thehivecast.com. We're also on Google Play, iTunes, TuneIn, uh, SoundCloud. We're pretty much everywhere. Just put in The Hivecast and we will pop up. Going to do a quick shout out once again to Sucker Punch Entertainment, who has always been there helping us grow our brand and uh, helping Carl get where he has to go in his career. And again, too, I got to double up on the Thrive, the guys at Thrive in Spring Lake. Check them out if you have any aches or pains or issues looking for better performance. Hit them up. I know you're not with them anymore, but I got to thank uh, Bulldog Strength and Conditioning and Freehold. They've really done a lot of amazing things for Carl. They did help Phil a lot in his career. Uh, Corey Anderson's there now. A lot of athletes are there. And it's not just for athletes. If you're just looking to get in better condition, check them out. Um, last plug here for Killer B. We're starting up a Nogi grappling class on Mondays and Wednesdays starting next week. So with a holiday on Wednesday, we'll get our first group roll in on Wednesday on um, sorry Monday, and then the uh, following week we'll have both Monday and Wednesday. So if you're interested in learning the dark art of submissions, come on in. We have that too. So we are a full MMA facility. Check it out, KillerBCSA.com. So this is Brian Wright with Phil Caracappa, future UFC champ. Future UFC champ. Gotta have the audacity, man. Humility in the world. I got my last quote. Oh, here he goes. Here he goes. This is seriously, alright? Believe in what you want so much that it has no choice but to materialize. There you go. Wise words. That's why that's why I'm where I'm at right now. There you go. Believe. Let me drop the mic. Drop the mic. We're out.